So we're going to be in Colossians 4, getting towards the end of Colossians now. And one of the reasons Joe was so quiet is he's saving all his words for two weeks away. Joe's going to be speaking in two weeks. Looking forward to that. Uh, those of you still having babies have some, some names here today that are available. So if you need any biblical names... Uh, we get an increasing number of double-ups in church in terms of names. So here's some, some names. Uh, Tychicus. <laughs> That'll be a good one. Uh, Anesimus. Goody. Aristarchus. And that could be shortened down to Starkus. <laughs> Mark. Uh, Barnabas. And Jesus. And he had, uh, he was otherwise known as Justice, uh, less confusing. So most of Colossians is about thoughts and ideas, important thoughts and ideas, the centrality of Christ, for instance, the emptiness of human philosophies and, and heresies, those spiritual beliefs that were being promoted in Colossae, that it was really dangerous for their faith and dangerous for our faith if we take on wrong spiritual thinking and it becomes ours. And those heresies can warp our faith. But as this letter finishes off, the writer Paul, as he often does, he finishes off with a whole lot of names, uh, people that he greets, friends that, that he greets on behalf of and vice versa, introduces, recommends, and there are six names here in this passage you're going to look at. And in fact, Colossians is second only to Romans in the number of names. And it's easy to think that we've done all the grunty stuff, that uh, we've, we've done the hardcore stuff, now it's the names, it's like we've watched the movie, and now the rolling, the credits... So it's basically all over. But you know, uh, all of Scripture is God-breathed, it says in 2 Timothy. All of Scripture is God-breathed and useful. And so um, this is not the credits at the end of the movie. Don't don't think like you're down at the Odeon down there in Gladstone Road and you've seen the movie and uh, the names are starting to roll You've got to get out there before those overzealous ladies come down to your car and put something on your windscreen. Not, not being bitter or anything, but it's, it's, um, it's not like that. This, these names, this is not the end. God speaks even through these names and the comments about these people. So we're going to read it. Tychicus will tell you all about the news about me. He's a dear brother, a faithful minister, fellow servant in the Lord. I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about circumstances and that he may encourage your heart. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner Aristarchus sends you his greetings as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Welcome 
If he comes to you, welcome him. He's been a great comfort to me. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends his greetings to only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God. And they have proved a comfort to me. First thing, there's some, there's some great names here and there's some great things about some great people. And I just want us to look at four things, some good things, four good things. Number one, connectedness is good. Connectedness is good. Tychius will tell you all the news about me. Tychius will tell you all the news about me. He's coming with Onesimus, verse 9. They will tell you the news. They're going to tell you the news, these people. Connectedness is good. You know, Paul was amazingly connected. He was like the, the, the Jason Akuhata Brown of the Mediterranean. He just knew all these people all over the place. The ministry of Paul was not just Paul. There's a huge number around him that helped him, encouraged him, influenced him in mutually beneficial ways. You know, connection in the faith is so, so important. And the pressure of Western society increasingly is to go alone. Not to go together. In the Philippines, it's not the same everywhere. In the Philippines, if you're walking down a street by yourself, often you get asked, what question? Where is your companion? Where is your companion? The assumption is a natural, in the Philippines, the natural thing to do is to go with someone, not to go alone. But for Westerners... Increasingly, the assumption is the opposite. You know, I did it my way. And some say, in our day and age, we're still connected, but in a digital way. And to a degree, that's kind of true. But, you know, it's different. You know, digitally connected, it becomes very autonomous and individualized. Social media, my nephew in his 20s, he's, he's um, given up on Facebook. He calls it fake book. <laughs> because he's, uh, and I think I know where he's coming from that often digitally connected, we kind of create a persona about ourselves, eh? But when you're with real people face to face, shoulder to shoulder, they get the real deal. And we need to be. Connected. Connected. And that can be tricky and time-consuming and frictional and slower, but we still need to be connected. I think it's an Indian proverb that says, if you, uh, you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Going together was a model at the outset. You know, Jesus had 12 disciples. And bigger than that, he had a group of 70. 
and there are others around. Acts chapter 13 talks about the original first missionary journey from the church. Basically, and it originated out of a church prayer meeting. And they were fasting, and they were praying, and the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas for mission. And it wasn't that Paul was a bit bored with his church life at Antioch. It wasn't that. But the, the group that he was connected with was led by the Holy Spirit, and they sent him and Barnabas out on mission. He was sent by the church, not just went from the church. And there is a difference in that. Sent from the church, not just went from the church. The big part of what we're here this morning is that we can go together. The togetherness. We can go together in the Lord. Towards the Lord and His purposes. And not just ourselves, by ourselves. And that's part of why we're here and part of why the, we have the growth groups and other groups where we can be connected and go together. There was a young believer in Scotland and he was really struggling in his faith. And he hadn't been in church in quite a while. And so he went one evening to get some advice from an old elder. And he went up to this old elder's place, and it was many years ago, and it was an old house, and had an old open fire. And this old elder, he had his fire going, and it was a nice fire and lots of embers. And this man talked and talked, young man talked and talked about his problems and how he was struggling, struggling in his faith. And the old elder, he said nothing. And then... Finally, when the young man stopped talking, the old elder, he got his tongs and he took out one of the embers and he put it by itself on the hearth. And both of them just sat there silently and watched as the ember went from red to dark, black, and finally died. Nothing was said. Still. And then the young man got up went out, let himself out the house. And he had been spoken to. (laughs) Let's go together. Connectedness is good. Connectedness is good. And I appreciate uh, others that come along with me on the journey. I appreciate my wife who's with me in this as we lead the church. I appreciate uh, Bruce coming with me to Auckland on Tuesday, and I appreciate the trust and the elders. I appreciate you. I appreciate being together. Connectedness is good. Appreciate the leaders of different things. Connectedness is good. First thing, competency is good. It is good to know what you're talking about. And it's good to listen to people who know what they are talking about. Aristarchus, too, had been imprisoned for the faith. Verse 10. He knew what he was talking about. Mark, Tychicus, Onesimus, Justice, they'd been involved in ministry too. 
They knew what they were talking about. They'd done the mahi. Bay and Jim, they've led a church in Tolaga Bay for seven years. They know what they're talking about. Ken and Wenda have led a church as well. Uh, Ken and Sandra have been in leadership for many years. Tim and Lou have lots of experience with children and youth. They know what they're talking about. I don't know about you, have you ever noticed there's quite a, a number of people out there that have strong opinions about church and the way it should be and the way it should be run. And not all of them are, know what they're talking about. <laughs> not all of them have a biblical foundation to their thoughts and feelings. Not everyone knows what they're talking about. But Tychicus was the real deal. Described like this, verse 7, a dear brother, a faithful minister, a fellow servant, he teina aroha ia, he minata pono, he hoa pono ngā i rotu i tāriki. A faithful minister. He was faithful, but not fabulous. Now, he was a fellow servant, but not a religious superstar. There is a difference. In other words, he was competent. And Paul says he's competent. Uh, listen to him. Read the letter that he's carrying and, and, and any gaps where he fills it in. Listen to him. He's competent. He's not just a courier. He's competent. Uh, one of the flock here, uh, a few years back, he, he said, I uh, know, a few months back, he said, um, I can't understand why this church, our church keeps growing and our pastors are so average. <laughs> and, and I was only slightly offended. <laughs> I was only slightly offended by that because he's right. Because actually you, you don't need to be fabulous, but you do need to be faithful. You don't need to be a superstar, but you do need to be a servant. And competency is good. My friend in Wellington, he was, uh, a few years ago, he was thinking about getting into buying some houses as rental investments. And his workmate said to him, whatever you do, don't listen to anyone who hasn't done it. (laughs) Because it was all the rage back then. And everyone thought, everyone had an opinion about how to get rich by buying rental investments. Mark, Ty, Chikas, Anisimus, Justice, they had done it. They knew what they were talking about. And one of the tricky things is uh, one of the best ways to get good at something is to make some mistakes. And that includes Christian leadership, by the way. My mate, uh, one of the pastors in town, he, says, he said this, I knew exactly what the church needed until I became the pastor. <laughs> I think it was John Wimber, the vineyard leader, said this. He says, never trust a leader without a limp. Never trust a leader without a limp. You become competent by making a few mistakes along the way. Competency is good. Competency is good. Connectedness is good. Thirdly, hope 
is good. Verse 10. And this is all about Mark, that name Mark. Mark, who was a cousin of Barnabas. And it says this, If Mark comes to you, welcome him. And if you lead, if you have read, excuse me, the book of Acts, your ears would have pricked up by that name of Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. Paul, the writer here, and Barnabas actually had a full-on wicked fight in Acts 15 about Mark. Acts 15:39. If you want to read it later. And what happened was uh, back two chapters in Acts 13, verse 13. John, Mark, and uh, had left Paul and Barnabas at a place called Pamphylia, and, they, and he had actually abandoned them and gone back to Jerusalem, partway through their mission. Why he did that, we're not told. Maybe he, he just got the willies from the intensity of the spiritual Battle. Maybe he got homesick, maybe he got seasick. Anyway, he just he left them, he skedaddled, he went back to Jerusalem. And then Paul in Acts 15, he was getting ready to go on a second missionary journey. And Barnabas said, Great, let's get my cousin Mark. And Paul says, uh, No, you don't. And Barnabas was a nice guy. In fact, his name means son of comfort. And you can imagine that conversation between Paul and Barnabas. Uh, Barnabas wants to take his cousin, and Paul doesn't. And Barnabas says, let's take my cousin along with us, hey, Paul? And Paul says, "Uh, you mean Mark? You mean the one that abandoned us? You mean him? Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's right. But he's different now. He's older. He, he's more experienced. And Paul says, nah, we're not taking him. And, and Barnabas says, um, yeah, no, nah, we should. And Paul says, nah, he's a liability. We are not taking him. And Barnabas says, well, you're not perfect either. And, and you know, you're always talking about grace. Well, where's the grace for my cousin? And Paul says, no, we're not, taking, we're not taking Mark. And Barnabas says, well, I'm going to take him, and I'm going to go to Cyprus. And Paul says, well, you take him then, because I'm going to take Silas, and I'm going to Syria. And the scripture says there was such a sharp disagreement to the point that Paul and Barnabas go in different directions with different companions. Paul takes Silas, goes to Syria, Barnabas takes Mark, goes to Cyprus. And sometimes good people need to go in different directions. That happens sometimes. And sometimes divisive people need to be left alone. Titus 3 verse 10 says, warn a divisive person once, warn them a second time, then have nothing more to do with them. Uh, Romans 16:17 says the same thing. But sometimes good people part and go in different directions. Sometimes that happens. But don't give up on people. Don't lose hope for people. And here's why. Because after those years have passed, here we see Mark again. And he's back. 
He's back, in fact, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, I think it says, Paul says, uh, and, Bre- and can you send Mark? He's um, really great help for me. And so what it seems to have happened is there's been a reconciliation after that terrible, uh, re- that departure between Paul and Barnabas and Mark, that Mark has been reconciled with Paul again. So don't give up. Don't give up on people. Don't give up hope. Hope is good. And if you have, maybe you have children that you need to hope for, keep hoping for them. Because hope is good. Or, or siblings, brothers and sisters, or parents, or whatever, or friends where you've, it's been awkward and there's been a parting. Don't give up. Hope is good. Hope is good. Keep hoping for people. Hope is good. Connectedness is good. What's the other one? Competency is good. Fourthly, encouragement is good. Verse 8, that he may encourage your hearts. Verse 8, that he may encourage your hearts. Verse 11, Justice and Mark and Aristarchus have proved our comfort to me. If you can't be anything else, at least be this, be an encouragement to people. That's a huge thing. That's a huge thing. Mark Twain, the American novelist, said, I can live for two months on a good compliment. Encouragement is so, so important. One of Paul's main reasons for this letter, chapter 2, verse 2, says this, I'm writing so that you may be encouraged in your heart. You probably noticed a chiastic structure in these verses 7 to 9. And you know what a chiasmus is. Chiasmus is a literary structure where there's two parallel thoughts and then a a single thought right in the middle there. So the um, chiasmus here is, it goes A, B, C, then D, and then C, B, A. And so, for instance, 7A, it says, Tychicus will tell you the news about me. 9C says, and they will tell you everything that's happening here. So there's those two things that are um, real similar. But right in the middle... Right in the middle is verse 8b, that he may encourage your hearts. So it's really zoning in on the encouragement, the importance of encouragement, the emphasis on encouragement. Encouragement is good. Encouragement is good. And it's not easy uh, for me to handle due to my deep humility, but I really appreciate it when people text or, or say afterwards, oh, that was a good message, or, you know, I oh, appreciate the church, or whatever. Whatever way you encourage me or others, you know, just go for it. Encourage 
the v, the v Kids ministry, encourage the youth leaders, encourage the, the worship team. Uh, you know, anyone you can encourage, encourage. It puts gas in our tanks. Your growth group leaders, whoever you can, don't take them for granted. You know, the, the enemy is trying to discourage, trying to knock, trying to knock leaders over. So encourage. Encourage. One church leader said they got to a new church and one of the congregations said to them, uh, God has put me in this church to be a thorn in your side. <laughs> and actually I don't believe that was God. For some reason they thought that was a help. I don't think that was God. And Paul said this, these three countrymen, Aristarchus, Mark, and Jesus Justice, were alongside him. And they were not a thorn in his side. They were a comfort to him, an encouragement for him. In the face of much discouragement and strong opposition, here's a real lonely word. Verse 11 says, Only. These three are the only Jews the only ones of my people that are with me in this. In the anarchy, these only. These only. Ko in the anarchy, o ku hoa mahi ki te rangitiratanga o te atua. He oranga ngākau anna anno rātou ki a hau. Oranga ngākau they have given it's like they have given my heart life these three that have encouraged me these three only of my own people they have encouraged me you know it's, it's great the encouragement ministry the Jenny Rennie ministry that is always encouraging people Evaluation is fine, the critique can be useful, but encouragement is good. To say, yeah, you're doing good, you know, awesome, I really appreciate that, da, 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 da. Encouragement is good. Connectedness is good, competency is good, hope is good. You know, Jesus is all of that. Jesus is all of that. He is good. He's connected. He's competent. He's hopeful. And he's, he encourages us. You know, he's at the right hand of the Father praying for us. If you're getting discouragement, it's not from Jesus. It's not from him. It's from the enemy. So let's pray to him. Let's walk with him. Because it's Jesus that can do all those in us, amongst us. So, Lord, we come to you today. We thank you that you are good and, and you're connected. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you're connected and you're good. You're competent. You can do amazing things. You have done amazing things. You've cre- you're co-creator in this great world that we live in. And you're hopeful, you're even hopeful of us. Even when we're not hopeful 
of ourselves. You're hopeful for those around us, our friends and family that we have doubts about. And, and, and sometimes there's been um, a parting of the ways. But thank you, Jesus, that you are hopeful and that you are encouraging. You keep telling us that we can go on in you and you have a great hope and purpose for us and a great destiny for us. And so we acknowledge you now, Jesus, and we put ourselves uh, into your hands again. We submit to you again and say, you are Lord. Amen. Lord bless you. Have a great afternoon. People would uh, uh, be very um, keen, willing to pray for you up here if you'd like that. Bless you. In the name of the Lord.